The following is a hoop ball presentation. What is good, y'all? Yo, yo, yo. Whatever you want to say is a greeting because we're just going to get right down to it. What a game, y'all. Game five, NBA finals, Milwaukee Bucks, Phoenix Suns. Phoenix took that 2 0 lead and. Arizona went back to Milwaukee, and the series shifted Milwaukee's way as they tied it up. Two games to two. Here was just the big, that swing game, the game five, that everyone knows in the series can make or break for a team. Uh, all the stars were out. You had Arizona Cardinals uh, QB Kyler Murray. You had Space Jam star. Yes, Space Jam star. No, but also, you know, just best play of all time, LeBron James. I said it. You had singer Vanessa Hudgens out there. You had Lil Wayne. You had everybody out. All the stars were out for a game that was insane. Milwaukee did check off the slow star, and they won the game. 123-119 to over the Phoenix Suns, and y'all, it went all over the place. Phoenix had jumped to a huge lead from the get. They were up 32-16 at one point. Uh, ended the first quarter 37-21. to Second quarter, Milwaukee went and turned on his head with a 43-point second quarter. The most of either team for the game. Third quarter, they won 36-29. Fourth quarter was nip and tuck all the way. Phoenix chipped and chipped. And, you know, they went from being up by that much to being down by double digits. And they went and made the game. It got tight toward the end. But Milwaukee held through and won. Uh, this was just, yeah, the game that for only six lead changes and six ties was tense throughout. As both teams overcame, you know, relatively sized leads to make it a game. Uh, the Bucks. I think this is where all the love has to go to. Phoenix played well. We'll get to them. But for the first time in a while, a lot of narrative was that we haven't seen good games from all three of Giannis, Chris Middleton, and Drew Holiday. Usually you have two of them playing really well and one guy having a dud, uh, two guys playing okay, and one guy playing spectacularly. Whatever permutation you want to put it, we haven't seen all three come through like they did last night. Wow. Giannis with 32 points, 9 rebounds, 6 assists on 60% shooting. Did not shoot well from the free throw line, uh, but overall had just a tremendous uh, alley-oop off of a guy we'll get to in a little bit to really put the game away. Chris Milton, 29 points, 7 rebounds, 5 assists, and 44 big minutes, 52% from the field. Knocked down some key shots down the stretch of the fourth quarter to really keep that lead for Milwaukee and just out of the sun's reach. And then the player of the game for both squads, Drew Holiday. 41 minutes, 27 points, 13 assists, 4 rebounds, 12 of 20 from the field. He had a key steal, one of his three off of Devin Booker in the closing minutes, closing seconds, really, that he parlayed into an alley-oop to Giannis. On top of getting fouled by Chris Paul, Giannis was, that really put the game away for Phoenix was just the nail in the coffin and gave the Bucks the lead, just not gave the Bucks the lead, but just gave it what would not be relinquished. It was just, uh, I, I don't even know what to say about it, like, wow. That was the biggest steal and biggest alley-oop of his career. And yes, was there some contact on the steal? I, I would say a little bit. Like, it was a strong steal, but, like, Booker definitely had a grip on the ball. Um, Drew Holiday just took it. And speaking of fouls, we'll get to that in a second. But, wow, what what a, a game from those three. Uh, only other guy, really, to score in double digits was Pat Conton, who off the bench was four of six from three. Six rebounds as well. Really brought his three-point stroke with him, and that was it. But you had such great performances from those three bucks. You could tell they came into enemy territory, and they wanted that win, and they fought, and they persevered. They climbed back from that slow start, and they got what they came for, which was a key W as it heads back now to Milwaukee for Game 6 on Tuesday, which could very well be the deciding factor in the series. It is insane to think that we only have, what, at best, two more games left in this NBA season after everything that's happened. Like, wow, what a... What a road. What a roller coaster.
roster. But let's go to Phoenix real quick and kind of talk about them as well because they played, um, they had moments. They had moments as well for sure. Phoenix, um, they had their moments. They got out to a very strong start. Um, Devin Booker was pretty consistent all night uh, for a guy especially finished with 40 points, uh, four rebounds and three assists. Uh, he was joined by literally every starter in double figures. Uh, next in was Chris Paul, 21 points and 11 assists. Uh, Anna blocked, only one turnover. It probably should have been two. There was a, a bad, lazy pass he gave Mikel Bridges that called Mikel to stop on the um, out of bounds. But since Mikel stepped on it, the turnover was attributed to him. In either event, uh, a pretty good game from him, at least until the second half. DeAndre Ayton did have a double-double, 20 points, 10 rebounds, uh, and assists to go with it on great efficiency. Jay Crowder hit two threes, 10 points, 5 rebounds, and 3 assists. Uh, and like I mentioned, Mikel, 13 points, uh, 4 rebounds. He hit all three of his three-pointers. Now, I think first problem I look at is you've got to go to the bench. You only got 16 points off the bench. Now, there's a lot where, you know, a lot of guys aren't getting a lot of bench minutes, and the guys who are aren't super great. But in this case, Cameron Payne, Torrey Craig, and Cameron Johnson, particularly the Cam and Cam, you know, deal, Johnson and Payne, have proven and played heavy minutes for the Suns over the postseason. So you can't automatically just assume that, you know, you're not going to get decent production from them. You got six points, four rebounds, and four assists from Payne, which honestly was probably more preferable to what Paul was doing down the stretch, which wasn't really a whole lot of nothing. Uh, I mean, that's what it was. His numbers looked good, Paul's did, but he just was not aggressive, it felt like, in the second half. Um, he particularly just was kind of... It just didn't feel like he was an impact. Like, pain. I mean, not pain. Yeah, pain was so much more of a potential impact in terms of penetrating, doing something, creating some gravity, something there. Uh, Chris Paul just didn't seem to have it totally in him for someone who finished with such efficient and good-looking numbers. And that's just the bottom line. Cam Johnson, two threes, four rebounds, played solid with that. But that was a little bit for them. You didn't get a whole lot more aside from that. And for Phoenix, I mean, you, you hope for that, especially in a game where you had the lead kind of coughed it up and, and then were just trying to hang on. Ultimately, I thought Devin Booker played well, 40 points uh, down the end. I mean, he fouls. This whole series, I feel like there's been, there must have been just the, the least valuable parts of this whole thing, just entirely. It's not been fun. Um... He's been kind of dumb watching them as calls again and again and again, no matter whether it's for or against the Bucks or the Suns, but it has been just a, a common theme. So that was annoying. But even besides all of that, um, there was just too, so much with Devin Booker that just goes uncalled in terms of fouls. He played over the last two games consistently at least seven or eight fouls, and yet they weren't called. And it's just like, what? Why? Okay, whatever. Um, but and, and it was several like that. But at the same time, he did hit a clutch three to get the Suns within three uh, with less than a minute left, which was pretty bomb. Um, you know, he had said back-to-back 40-point games. That's 82 if you're counting at home. I mean, he's done everything you'd expect a superstar to do in games that really count, such as these, except win them. Um, and he needs to realize to play more within himself. This is his first pro season, so I'm not trying to hold it against him, but sometimes I feel that a lack of poise on the defensive end comes into play, and uh, he's just been bailed out by the refs because he's taken some seriously reckless fouls that haven't been called, but not for lack of trying. It's it's just been annoying to see. Um, as somebody who wants Phoenix to succeed in, in the highest stage, to have Devin Booker play well, I just don't want it to be a position where it's like, well... Like it is now, where, you know, they're losing, he's not going to get the benefit of playing well in spite of that, because people are blaming him for the loss, even though it's not his fault. He's also not getting people like me on his side, because there's several times that he has benefited and made big plays on the back of being allowed to play in spite of fouls that messed him up, 
or should have messed them up already. It's just a conundrum. Um, one that I'm obviously not articulating well, so I'm going to move on. But I just think, you know, if you're Phoenix now, this game six, it obviously is a do or die because if you lose, you go home. But it's even more so than that because, I mean, let's face it, legacy's on the line. All right, and not that that matters in a game. You want to you want to win the championship. That's that's basically what it is. It's not about you know um, Chris Paul's finals record or or Devin Booker's first postseason or anything. It's just the matter of fact that hey, this is a shot we have. This is an opportunity we have in a very tough Western Conference where the Clippers suffered a major injury, the Lakers suffered injury. We fought through and suffered injuries and overcame that. Like we did a lot, and we don't know what happens next year. Chris Paul's thirty six. Does he fall off a little bit? It's possible. I mean, he's playing at a, a, just a tremendous level, but at some point, the bottom does fall out. Do the Suns have regression from some of their key players? I mean, there's other questions that are so much bigger than just Phoenix's one, this one game, this one season. That is just best to take care of it now. That's how I look at it. I, I, I really want Phoenix to, to push to a game seven. This is a classic series so far, um, in spite of some, you know, ugly refing throughout and some back and forth in terms of play. But we've gotten some really good games. This game was no exception. The Suns just went down. And now they've lost three games in a row. And we need to see how they combat that when they go back home, when they go back to the Milwaukee. I think you're looking at a strong game from Chris Paul who realizes, hey, we need this. I think you're looking at another strong game from Devin Booker. I think role players step up more. This Mikel Bridges, you know, come with a big Mikel Bridges game like he may have had in game uh, two or three. You know, do we see DeAndre Ayton, who's kind of disappeared since the early part of the series? Does he come back with a vengeance and, and really put the team on his back for, for moments in the game? Does the bench step up? I mean, obviously, the loss of Dario Sarge is huge, but, you know, Cameron Payne and Cameron Johnson, they've always been the, the bigger beneficiaries on the offensive end than Sarge ever was. I mean, really, um, can they, you know, put a spark up? The, the Suns need to absolutely play for their lives because that is literally what it is for them. Alright, that is literally what it is. So, we'll see how this all comes together, but I am nervously optimistic that we'll get a Game 7. Again, a lot of it comes down to the margins. What role players step up? Is Pat Content going to go 4-6 from 3 again? Um, what will the Cams give you? Will Giannis have another dominant game? Will Chris Middleton have a stronger start? Will the Suns have a slower start? Will withstand it relative to what they did in Game 5? It's a lot that's going to come down to whether or not we have a Game 7 or Bucks in 6. Should be really interesting to see. All right, aside from that, uh, NBA news, uh, really, it's kind of NBA-S, but the big three, always been a big fan of that, the Ice Cube formed league uh, three-on-three a couple years back that's really grown, they've changed the way they play with the Fireball 3, they're changing the game on that, it, it, it's it's been a lot of fun, I've really enjoyed watching it, and, uh, you know, you had Joe Johnson set a single-game scoring record. Uh, for the triplets as one of the teams there. He scored 34 points. Now, that's already really good, but 34 points, um, the the way that the big three is played, it's three-on-three, three, game to 50, halftime at 25. Um, so the fact that they were able to, that he was able to bring up 34 of the 50 points for the triplets was, was pretty huge. And Joe Johnson set the league on fire last season when he was basically rookie of the year, <laughs> in the league get it as well as MVP and champion and champions MVP like he did it all last year so to bring it back at age 40 and do the same thing uh just fire just fire uh pretty impressive stuff for him holding the record for a single big three game is great uh, it all capped off with an epic game winning three over Royce White who is also playing well um it, it was pretty good it was pretty good I, I gotta say I love watching um the big three definitely check them out on CBS and then also on uh Triller TV uh, 
whole lot of good stuff happening over there. Uh, you have guys like Leandro Barbosa, Spencer Hawes, Maurice Spates. Uh, I already mentioned Royce White, Amir Johnson, Jarrett Jack, Swaggy P. These guys are all playing. So if you want to get a good look at some of your uh, NBA favorites from years past, as well as watch some new guys that you probably haven't seen before, definitely worth checking out. Um, legends like Reggie Theus and Rick Barry are coaches. George Gervin as well. Uh, Ricky Davis plays up in there. Um, remember Perry Jones? He's in there as well. Uh, it's just a lot of fun. Shannon Brown, Mario Chalmers, like NBA junkies like myself. This is this is gold. And you know the salad game's a little bit different, a little more physical, um, a little slower in that way. I mean, it's you know, you know timeouts, challenges. Uh, the way they challenge actually is uh, fireball, bring the fire. So it's basically you know if I call a foul and you protest that, okay, one on one to one, which is a nice little aside, nice little addition uh, that diversifies the game in a way different from you know the NBA and other professional basketball leagues, and also makes it more fun. And I love you know the fact that. Ice Cube had this dream, had the vision, started up, and it's kind of brought it to fruition in in a way that he has in from a grassroots type of uh, professional organization. You know, you've had LeBron James and Kanye West and others come and show support for it, and so it's really kind of cool. And um, I personally enjoy it. But that happens during the weekend, so definitely make sure to check that out. In fact, uh, by the time this comes out, you'll probably have some finishing. They play on Saturdays and Sundays, so there will definitely be some games there. Aside from that, not a whole lot going on in the basketball world between these games. Um, WNBA is still on break uh, between All-Star break and Olympics. There is no WNBA games for another month, actually, so that's one thing. Uh, You have the Big 3 basketball over the weekend, but that's it. And aside from that, the NBA doesn't play again until Tuesday with Game 6 of the Finals. So, yeah, you're really kind of stuck. Really kind of stuck. Uh, basketball content, y'all. It's all about looking at draft stuff right now. Um, all about playing basketball GM, which I'll keep plugging. I'm actually gonna try to get him on the show one of these uh, one of these episodes to kind of talk about the game and talk about his journey and, and building it. But definitely check that out. Basketball GM, BBGM. I gotta get your NBA basketball fix somewhere, right? Professional basketball fix somewhere. That's what I believe. Aside from that, uh, check out Space Jam too. Why not? Uh, I watched some of it. I'm not done. It's not great, but again, it's not really an adult movie. It's a kid's movie, so I think looking at it through that vein will probably help you to kind of settle down a little bit and not try to figure out who's the best actor between Michael Jordan and LeBron James when neither are actually actors, so, you know, there's that. Um, I think that's that's going to do it for this episode of Round Ball Ramble. Just a short kind of recap, look ahead. Uh, we'll see what happens. I'm still saying Suns and Seven, but that would have to mean that the Suns win the next two games, so I am hopeful, but we will see. Alright, until next time, y'all, I am Frosty, y'all, say Frosty, and I will talk to y'all real soon. <laughs> Alright, y'all. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.